The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie. And this is Nathan, and we will be your host for today. And we once again have our uh, Forge speaker guest, Paul Epperson. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Paul. Hey, glad to be here, guys. It's an honor to be with you. We really appreciate uh, all your biblical wisdom and insight. And, uh, you know, you may have recently listened to one of our episodes uh, labeled something like, are we dust or we're all dust or something like that. And uh, it had to do with dust. And we had a, another Forge speaker on that podcast named Britton Bishop. Shout out, Britton. We love you, man. And uh, really appreciate you, dude. Uh, and Charlie and I were chatting and then we included Paul in the conversation. And we were thinking about how that particular subject actually has a lot more depth than what we were able to express on that first podcast. And so we wanted to kind of just revisit it, maybe uh, take some different perspectives on it and uh, then go from there. So, uh, Charlie, I don't know uh, if you want to take it from here or if, Paul, you have any thoughts right off the top of your head. Paul and Charlie have both uh, been well, filled this in. Uh, for the sake of those who did not hear the other episode, um, Nate, why don't we start by you summarizing what what was the summary of that episode? Basically, hey, we were made from dust when right. God took Adam and breathed life into him from the dust yep. and God created humanity. So, OK, so we come from dust. So what would be the summary or the implications of that former episode so that we can build on that foundation? Yeah, that's a great that that's a good idea. So in Psalm 103, Britain brought it up. Uh, it, it makes this reference to you. You are dust and you're going to return to the dust. And uh, this idea is he had a mentor of his. Britain had a mentor of his share. Hey, God doesn't expect very much from dust. And uh, me and Britain put some caveats on that, like. He still expects us to obey his commands and to follow him and all of those kinds of things. But uh, it is a really interesting idea that God doesn't expect very much from dust. And uh, so that would be my 10 second summary of the episode. Awesome. Yeah. So we are dust. And uh, I think if we actually think about dirt and dust, yeah, we don't have a lot of expectation of it. Although I like to have a lot of expectation of it when I'm planting trees and and kind of forming around the edges to get water and sustenance. I'm like, man, this this dirt better work for me today. I'm trying to form it, so it's gonna work for my intentions. Um, but if it's just sitting on our shelf, I think we don't have a lot of expectation. We just wanna kind of wipe it away and get rid of it. It's just sitting there. Um, but uh, implications of that and how can we build from here? I think the first direction that really makes sense is the statement, God does not really have strong expectations of us. Um, Paul, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a it's an interesting statement. I tell you, that was a good podcast too. I love B Rip. My goodness gracious, I, I enjoyed <laughs> listening to every bit of that. And uh, but but I love the fact that this is what I love about one of the things I love about this podcast is that there are things that are said that are great statements, and all of a sudden, oh, let's think about that a little deeper. Like I love that, and you guys do that so well of, of finding 
truth and then picking something apart because you want everybody to understand. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's one thing I think that God's really used this podcast to, to really simplify something that's very deep. Right. Um, so I appreciate y'all and that and be ripped for doing that. Um, so I think let me, let me put it this way and I hope this comes out the right way because um, I, I know the heart behind that statement. Right. But uh, and the understanding of it. But I, I think my, I might reword it a little bit. Right. Um, talking about God doesn't have high, high expectations, really much expectation for dirt. That might or may not be true. But I think maybe maybe he doesn't have much expectation for dirt, but he sure has a lot of plans for it. Mm. And I think that when we look at the idea of dirt, he's got lots of plans for the people who are but dust. Right. And uh, and so I think that, you know, when God scooped it up and formed Adam and Eve and breathed life into him. I mean, is there any like we, I, I like what you said, Charlie, we plant stuff in dirt. I love playing in dirt. Right. I mean, I don't know if that's kind of like a, you know, not weird. Like if I eat dirt, is that cannibalism? I don't know. But anyway, so what I'm saying <laughs> is, is like, I, but I think that we use dirt for so many things. Right. But I think when, when you look at what, how awesome God is, is that he may not have great expectations for dirt. Maybe he does, but he's got wonderful plans for dirt. And I think that now we look at it and go, God, what are your plans for my life? I don't mean like God's got a wonderful plan for your life, just figure it out. But I mean that he's got something in his mind that he's expecting and that he wants. And that's not a bad thing. That's a very, very good thing. Absolutely. And I I feel like uh, this conversation is probably going to approach one of the oldest controversies in, in Christianity today, which is the, the, the role that humanity plays in in bringing about God's work on planet earth and the role that God plays in bringing about God's work on earth. And, and where does that line lie? Like what, what percentage of it is God and what percentage of it is humans? And that's a over technical way of talking about that, but you understand what I'm saying. I feel like that's kind of the trajectory of, of this. And my guess is depending on your denominational background, you would have a unique answer to that question <laughs> um even maybe based upon your personal background um we we talk to a lot of people from persecuted contexts and people in persecuted contexts i've discovered have a very incredibly high view of god's sovereignty everything happens in, in, from their perspective based upon god's control um whereas someone here in the united states uh i feel like that view is a little bit less common at least in in my social circles that's interesting. I, because uh, I also have found um, a, a caveat to that, where around the globe people would have more credit on what Satan does, and in our context we'd say it was all God. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what I've run into, um, where people you here mean, are like blaming. What's that? You mean people like blaming God for bad things happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in our context, it's my family's divided. My mom just got cancer. Why would God do this to me? In an international context, what I found is people say, who caused this storm? It was Satan. Who caused this sickness? It was Satan. He's attacking us. He's coming against us, Um, which I don't know how that maybe that does or doesn't relate to God's sovereignty. But it's another angle of that that question. But um, back like as I look about look at Psalm 103, I just pulled up in dust. I looked up on blueletterbible.org the definition of Hebrew, the Hebrew word dust. In that passage, Psalm 14 says, for he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. So I was just curious, like, is there some nuance to the word dust or does it mean dirt or what does it mean? And it means all of the above. It's uh, 
dry earth, dust, powder, ashes, earth, ground, mortar, rubbish. Um, so it's exactly what we would think it is. Mm. It's dirt. It's, it's the particles you pull out of, out of the ground when you put your hand in and pull something out. Um, that's what it is. So obviously that's pointing back to what we're made from in creation. It, it's a reference to Genesis 3 as well, where God says, you are dust and to dust you will return. Um, Genesis 3.19. So anyway, as I keep reading, though, it's very fascinating. And it, I think it brings to life exactly what you had said, Paul, um, that God has a plan for us. Because check this out. It continues. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. So while that's our case as humans, like here today, gone tomorrow, we're just dust passing in the wind. We're like a plant in the field alive today doesn't even like we don't even realize it's it's gone tomorrow it doesn't exist anymore in that way um listen to this verse 17 but the steadfast love of the lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments the lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all um i'm like man you're right god has a plan for us his kingdom is going to be everlasting, and as he looks at us, he looks at us with love, but I think there's a very particular piece that we need to look at that to those who fear him, to those who do his commands. And so I would say on one hand, maybe he doesn't have a huge expectation of dust, um, and he realizes that's what we're made from. But on the other hand, man, I feel like that's a huge expectation. Uh, like I'm going to have to obey his commands. and to some that may at first feel weighty. Um, although we do know first John says his commands are not burdensome. So we have to discuss how does that, how do we obey his commands? What does that look like? I think there's huge implications there. Um, but also as I think about the stories of scripture, um, I can't think of any where God is like, I'm just gonna let you off the hook because you're dust. Uh, I think of particularly what's coming to mind is the story of Noah and the ark where God is like, man, they are so evil and they become so evil and they've missed my intentions and my plans for them. And what I expected that I'm sad, I made them and I will destroy the whole earth, except for those who were living righteously. And they're gonna get it on, on an ark and I'm gonna rescue them and save them because I love them, because they've kept my commandments and feared me, I'm going to rescue them. Um, and God made a, a way of salvation for them from the flood to save them from that judgment. Um, so I think there is a lot of uh, interesting nuance and factor there. What do you guys think about that as we think about the stories throughout the Bible of God and his expectations of humanity? Where can we say here's here's the question, I think. Where can we say that God's expectations are low for us and where can we say they're high for us? And how do we approach the difference? What do you guys think? Yeah, and maybe if it maybe it's the wrong question, Paul, and you'll approach it differently. But um, based on the varying ideas on this topic, where can we say that there's an area of life or circumstance where God has low expectation for us, and can we say there's a different area or circumstance where God has high expectation for us? Both true at the same time, depending on the context, or is one or the other true? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is really where we put high expectation. It would be the opposite. For instance, I think we think we need to be God. And I think it's kind of what Britton and, and Nathan were alluding to as well from that passage very rightly. I think 
is that we have this idea of we think we have to 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 bring salvation and righteousness and you know those types of things to ourselves right by what we do or don't do even if it's obeying god or not uh we we have these standards that we put on ourselves and i think that's the low expectation from god i don't mm-hmm. think it's like john the baptist needs to be our and john uh in, in, in the book of john is when he goes man i'm john three i'm not the christ mm-hmm. right i mean i think john goes back to the beginning to realize remember we are dust mm-hmm. and so there's patience with god and we put these expectations on ourselves uh, and that, that aren't meant to be there and um i think our the way we we battle that is we have to and i say this every morning when i get up i'm not the christ jesus is so uh, what if I, I i realize i'm dust and so I think there is some patience there from God that, that we can do this. So I think that's one of them of how we flip that the wrong way. And uh, and so, yeah. I, I think that touches on God's heart and patience for us, where um, I think we could talk about his expectation in Peter, where it's like he is not slow to return as some of you think, but is patient toward you, waiting for more to come to repentance. He's like, hey. I know that there are more waiting, and so I'm going to patiently wait, and my heart is for them, so I'm going to keep waiting, keep waiting, and extend mercy and extend grace. Yeah, I I feel like, so I, I agree with you, Paul. Um, I come from like a, a background of like, you know, you're very stereotypical, like a evangelical American church where, you know, we believe in the Bible and uh, probably looking back, even though we're not like an overtly Calvinist versus Armenian kind of church, uh, we're probably my church growing up probably leaned more Calvinist, meaning more toward the sovereignty of God and uh, more towards like my desperate, like like it, it underemphasized my role. Right. And I'm wondering if uh, another aspect to this question is that there is a balance between these two worlds where, yes, you're saved by grace. You can't do it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But also God's calling you to take action in this world. And one of the things that I think we do really poorly in our culture is instead of allowing the Bible to inform our theology, we try and take theology and make it inform the Bible. We we put the cart before the horse, so to speak. And one of the biggest ways that that happens in American Christianity, for sure, is in this issue, which is what is our role and how much work do I need to do and how guilty should I feel when I sin and like all like all of these kind of things. Right. So. One thought that I have is if the, the conversation might be different depending on who you are. So if you're someone who has an inappropriate understanding of your role in salvation, meaning you're thinking that you're somehow earning your way to God by doing good works, then the conversation probably needs to lend itself to you moving more in the direction of God, you're dust and God saved you, right? On the flip side, if you're someone who's thinking, uh, you know, I can just do whatever I want and God, the grace of God covers me and I'm going to take advantage of 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 this and treat grace very cheaply and everything like that. Then I, I wonder if the conversation for them is you're dust and God could literally destroy you in a second. Like. Fear him. 
just like Jesus says you should fear him, don't fear the one who can kill your body, but fear the one who can throw your soul into hell. Like you should fear him and take note that he is calling you to something deeper and he's calling you to holiness. So I'm wondering if that is another aspect of this conversation. I I really like that. I think that's a really helpful way of looking at it. Um, Like, hey, uh, yeah, you are dust. And so on one hand, um, like, God is everything and you're not. You do not have what it takes. Like you've got nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. On the other hand, uh, we should not use dust as an excuse. Uh, well, I'm just dust, so I shouldn't even try. God doesn't even have a high expectation of me anyway. No, God has very high expectations of you. Um, now the question is, how do you do that? Apart from him, you can do nothing. So I think what that looks like then is, yeah, like you're saying, depends on the circumstance of which direction you're leaning and and how you can be informed on that to move forward. And then moving forward for either person, I think, is, okay, Lord, I surrender to your grace and I need to be filled with the power of your spirit so that I can live this out because I cannot apart from you. And Lord, would you fill me with the power of your spirit so that I can walk forward and actually fulfill what you want me to do because it's your righteousness. Jesus, you working in and through me. It's not on my own strength. Um, And I think that brings maybe the very perfect tension of that conversation on dust. Um, One hand, he's way bigger than you. His ways are not your ways. You're a speck of dust. On the other hand, he highly values you and he has expectations and purposes and plans for you. And um, the immersion of that, I think, comes to surrendering to his grace, surrendering to his power to work in and through us. I think uh, I love what you guys said. I think in my mind, I, I hear the phrase like um, God's never asked us as dust to be him. Right. But simply to trust and know and love and follow him. That's that's the summary of that. Yeah. So I 100 percent agree. I actually think a lot like family, you know, like my kids. I mean, I, you know what I mean when I say this? I know it's God's design. But like we we bring children into the world. They didn't ask to be brought into the world like they were technically created, you know, and then they grow up in a family. And, and what is that? They to know their role. They're, they're my children. They're dearly loved. Wonderful plans, wonderful expectations. But at the same time, I also understand where they are. I understand Gavin's four right now. You know, <laughs> he, he can't do what technically yet what Emma at 14 does. Right. Yeah. So they, so there is. But I still have expectations on him as my child. You know, mm-hmm. he understands. I'm just a, I'm just I'm my dad's son. Like I got I, didn't, I don't know how I got here. I was right here. You, you don't know yet. One day you will have done anytime soon. So we'll tell you later. But anyway, but but you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's that same thing in family. In some ways, they, they recognize their dust. They're just kids. They don't make he can't lift what I lift and do what I do. He can't you know, he can't do any of that stuff. But he also has expectations. It's my son. Here's what I'm training you and teaching you to to become. Right. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm training and teaching you how to operate in a family. Know your role. Know your place. And you have room to grow. Yeah, that's good because they also know they depend on you as their father. Hey, like whether that's to eat their breakfast, like, hey, I'm hungry. Well, they're coming to you for that food because they know they can't figure it out on their own. Or, well, how come we use this word to call this thing in the world? Or like, hey, what what is this? I just saw something on a shelf. What's that? They're looking at you to tell them what that is and inform them and instruct them and how to approach it. Um, and, and so you're right. There's complete dependence and understanding that, man, without you, they're pretty much they're nothing. But at the same time, oh, because they're yours, there's an expectation. That's right. 
Yeah, and it really goes yeah, back it's to a, a uh, beautiful illustration. So sorry, I was just affirming it. It's a beautiful illustration. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys going and and Psalm 103 rightly goes back to and Nathan. I know you and Britton did this really well. It it really just simply goes back to God again, right? I mean, we know our role, but but when we know Him, when we're getting to know Him better, it change. It, it really begins to help us understand our role, which it always mm-hmm. goes back to the Father. You know, absolutely. Well, do you guys have any other thoughts on this particular subject? Not off the top of my head, I don't. Yeah, I think that pretty well. Yeah, I think that continues it and builds on it and maybe even gives us some uh, potential handhelds of like, what are the implications? How do we walk that out as a result? Yeah, here's here's the pitfalls. Uh, The pitfalls, in my opinion, like the things to be aware of in your own life are things along the lines of, I'm putting God inappropriately in the wrong spot uh, as far as what his role is and what my role is. Uh, so I'm his kid, just like in Paul's illustration, and I need to recognize my role as his child. And there's certain things that I just can't do as his child. And then there's another. And so me trying to be my my father is is a big mistake because I'm not my father and I can't do the things my father can do. On the other hand, uh, the, 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 the major pitfall is, well, I am his child and he loves me and he wants the best for me and he wants me to take action in this world. And so if I'm if I'm not living as if I am his child, I'm, I'm living as if I'm uh, not an adopted son or daughter of the most high king, then that's another major pitfall. So that, those are kind of the major two things that I think we can mess up. Cool. I agree. Paul, once again, thank you so much, bro, for your wonderful insight and wisdom. So, so, so appreciate everything that you bring to the podcast and to the Forge team. Remember, uh, if you want to get in touch with Paul, uh, please uh, reach out via the Forge website, forgeforward.org. You can click on Paul's speaker page uh, under uh, forgespeakers.com, and you'll find out a lot of information about them. Paul, do you have anything, any last words that you would like to say? Yeah, one, thank you guys for all that you're doing. I know that uh, the podcasts that I've listened to have just, uh, have really fueled, right, my love for God and my uh, my learning to follow him and the way he's designed, right? You're talking about what we talked about today, you know, those uh, expectations and things like that. So I appreciate you two a lot. And I'll say for anybody that's, that's listening or going to listen uh, if you can, if you haven't already, and probably you might already have, if you can check out any of the sermons that, that Nathan and Charlie do, uh, that have on our YouTube channel, that, that on our website, forgeforward.org, and find those, um, you will uh, you will not only uh, grow in the things that they're teaching you here, but you will grow in your walk with Jesus. It'll fuel, right, the harvest in your life as well. So I, I just appreciate you two a lot. And you notice I just said appreciate. That's from the, like, what does that mean? I appreciate you <laughs> We appreciate you too, man. And uh, thank you to all of you for listening. We really uh, are so thankful. Uh, We just got our Spotify wrapped for the year and we were so excited about everything that God's doing globally. We, I don't know, my job, my job was a little bit on the floor. I was like, oh man, this, this podcast has become much more than I ever expected that it would be. And uh, so we pray that it's a blessing for you and uh, that it continues to encourage you and equip you Uh, as you engage as a laborer out there in the harvest field, uh, doing the work that God, our Father, has called you to do. Hey, Nate, I I just want to share these numbers real quick while we're on here. Um, So 
really exciting for those of you who are around the globe listening or those of you who have friends around the globe. Um, Fuel for the Harvest was actually in the top 10% most shared globally of podcasts, uh, which is crazy. Uh, nothing that we had necessarily expected or sought out to do. It just happened. Um, and then for those of you who are listeners, uh, thank you for continuing to listen and share. Um, Fuel for the Harvest is in the top 15% most followed podcast for those of you who are followers and listening. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, uh, we're, we're just grateful that the word's getting out there and uh, being shared. And uh, so thank you guys for all you do. And uh, as you're out in your harvest field being laborers, um, we pray that this encourages you and equips you and challenges you to keep going uh, as we know there's so many needs all over the place. Wonderful. Well, as always, don't forget to unsubscribe, resubscribe, like, and share. We really appreciate it and hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless.